Let's emotionally manipulate everyone with this podcast. too well known for this set yeah. um but there are still five really well known and might i say delightful films starring um one julia roberts who apparently just found out that she's not really a roberts i don't know the whole story there but that's like a new development right i think it's one of those like family tree things yeah her mind was blown and apparently she and uh edward norton are related whoa mm-hmm. all right it's a nice lineage. Edward Norton is is pretty awesome actor too. In my opinion, not as delightful as Julia Roberts. But it is hard to be as delightful as Julia Roberts. I, this is what I'm saying. I was so happy we did this topic. I love her no, body of work. Ever since we did Sandra Bullock, I feel like we've kind of said we should do Julia Roberts right. because I feel like those two are kind of on a similar playing field in that they both had these really long and enduring careers they're both beloved they're both well known for rom-coms but also for like going out and doing all kinds of genre work um so yeah i think this has been a long time coming she definitely has range as an actress and i really had forgotten just how much range she has to be honest She's somebody that's like, oh, Julia Roberts, like almost take her for granted. Mm-hmm. And then you really pay attention to her. Dang, she's good. Right. She's like and I real think, good. I think it's easy to kind of discount her on the surfaces, for lack of a better term, as a pop actress, right? Right. As as somebody who's just, you know, she's out there doing the big movies with the big hits. Um, but she really has a, a very interesting body of work and and different types of films that she's done, different roles that she's played. And and uh, I think these five films do a good job of of kind of showcasing the different sides of her. Right. I completely agree. So the five films are in no particular order. Steel Magnolias, My Best Friend's Wedding, The Pelican Brief, Aaron Brockovich, and Ticket to Paradise. I think you okay. almost did those in chronological order. Almost? Oh, snap. I think if you'd have swapped Pelican Brief with Aaron Brockovich, you would have been you would have been there. Oh, nice. Check that out. Denzel. Denzel's about to come up in here. All I'm right. Sure. So, Rich, <laughs> what was your what was your week of the five? My week is That's my off. best friend's wedding. Okay. All right. My week was Ticket to Paradise. That was my number four. Huh. So. All right. So sell it. Why is it? Why is it weakest? Um, this movie makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Mm. I, I don't like it. I This is Julia Roberts playing a misanthrope of playing kind of a self-centered, not very nice person. And yet she's the protagonist and we're supposed to sympathize with her. And we do and, because she's Julia Roberts. Right. And so they 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 push the Julia Roberts chemistry and her her just awesomeness and they make you try to sympathize with her. And that's why it's uncomfortable for me. 
because mm-hmm. the movie is trying to make me like her and I don't want to like her. Um, but you do. No, I don't. By the end of the movie, I'm kind of like, why Why are you still but she, here? But see, you Richard, have walked you, out. You, you, like, you like psychology and when people change and learn. She did learn. By what the did end, she, she learn? learn? And it was like, it's interesting because it is a rom-com that does Almost not, like an anti-rom-com. Right. But it doesn't end like you suppose it will, which is kind of refreshing and nice in that. Plus, there's that song, man. Uh, there's that song in the look, restaurant. <laughs> Rupert Everett is phenomenal in this movie. He's he is a blast. He is hilarious. When he's mm-hmm. on the screen, he makes me laugh. And he deserves full marks for being the hilarious friend of, of, of Julia. However, I don't like this movie. Dirt, uh, you know, Mulrooney in this is a creep. Can we just be clear? Like, dude is a creep. He is totally flirting with his best friend. Uh Uh-huh. Like, walks into a room. She's there in her underwear. And he, like, basically makes a pass at her. He's engaged. He's a scumbag, people. (laughs) Like, can we all just point and acknowledge the scumbagginess of this guy? He's engaged and he's going out on outings let's call them what they are dates dates with his best friend when he's engaged. And like, then he has the right to get all huffy with her because she, she made her shot. She took her shot. He was giving her all kinds of mixed signals. Now she is not a nice person. Hmm. She's manipulative and self-centered and is basically like destroying these people willing to destroy all these people's lives and happiness just so that she can win. Cause that's what it really was about was about her winning. Uh, well, she did love him though. Right. Don't you think <laughs> even she admits that it's about her winning. I, no, I think she, she loved him too. Sure, though. She loved him, but she didn't want him. If Are she wanted sure him, this would have been a very different movie. Because she never had the courage to really communicate with him. She manipulated him. She lied. At the end, when everything blew up in her face and she was forced. It was right before everything blew up in her face. Things were blowing up in that woman's face right and left. She was like half a step in front of the train wreck before it hit her. All right. Okay. No. Keeping pace with uh, the train wreck. I imminent train wreck. And that's the thing, like at the end where she's with her little, her buddy and he's like, oh, there will be dancing and they are dancing and she's laughing on the dance floor. I'm like, you have, you've learned nothing. She, I completely disagree. I think she did learn and doesn't be honest, a tiny bit of you wish that she had succeeded because it is Julia Roberts versus Cameron Diaz. No, <laughs> actually, because, Ju- <laughs> because. Because Cameron Diaz and let's let's not do a charm competition there, right? Because do I, as an actress, prefer Julia Roberts over Cameron Diaz? Yes, that's what I meant. I think Cameron Diaz is <laughs> is a good actress in many ways, but in this regard, no, of course. But it's However, Julia Roberts. Her character in this film is a by by all appearances is a wonderful and nice and sweet and funny and you know, all of these things and she done her wrong. 
Like, no, I, I don't think that she, I don't think she learned anything except maybe she learned how to say sorry and that maybe she shouldn't destroy other people's lives. Maybe she learned those two things. Well, that's pretty good learning. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. All right. So that was, that was your week. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you have that, but it is iconic. I will just throw that on there again. It is iconic. It's iconic because the morals are questionable. Yes. And it's interesting. I mean, why is it iconic? It's iconic Uh, because of the scene with the singing in the restaurant and the actors is Julia Roberts and the money they throw at it. And it's a rom-com and like rom-com, like happy land time. But Hollywood expects us to suspend disbelief and and live in this this you know particular reality, and we take it, we buy it, because the characters are compelling. Because you want to root for Julia Roberts and her character, and you want the woman to end up with her best friend, and you know for everything to be happy because they were already friends and and they had a history and all of those kinds of things. And it is a little devastating as a watcher that it doesn't happen <clears throat> even though like morally with how things are yeah it she shouldn't have one you're right she shouldn't right. have one however if as you're watching it you still like you know kind of in that smutty rope you know romance <laughs> novel mindset that you're in watching this you know romance well, and anyway and i think you make a great point in that this this movie, if it had been somebody besides Julia Roberts in that role, I, I it would if the tone would not be at all the same. It it carries so much of her legacy and her weight as a as a romantic lead, as a uh, charismatic person, as you know the screen presence, and it uses that to um, to make you root for her. When, if it had been anybody else, I'm not sure we would have rooted for. Her. Mm, yeah, fair enough. She carries, and in that, I mean, it deserves some props for sure, and she oh, yeah. deserves props, and therefore it makes it kind of difficult to to consider her for 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 a week, of course. But something's got to be down there for you. Um. So, can I talk about Ticket to Paradise? Oh, now? please. All right, so Ticket to Paradise, why is it weak for me? So here's the thing. I like it, and it, I mean, it's it's current. Yes. It just came out a few months ago, um, and it was delightful to see in the theater. I love seeing in the theater. I love seeing her her and George Clooney together are fun. Yes, um, they are. Because they're like old school Hollywood at this point. And, right. And it's nice to see coming off of COVID and people are going back to the theater and you get to see a nice rom-com and rom-com. You get to see a nice rom-com and the setting is gorgeous and yes. that male lead is gorgeous and um, Caitlin Deaver is, is really contemporary and she's doing really well for herself and I like her. Right. Um, I like how you put that really contemporary well okay all right but poor choice of words well she's just hot that sounded she's like right a, now. A, such a backhanded compliment she I is not mean currently in the spotlight currently in the spotlight we'll see how long contemporary well juxtapose next to my other comment richard where i said 
<laughs> Julia Roberts and George Clooney are old school. She's right. contemporary. So right. <laughs> it's a good mix. And it, it, you can see like them saying, well, let's appeal to the broadest pace, you know, base possible. Let's right. get the young people. Let's get the older people. Yeah. And that it's in the, in that it's very commercial yes. and it like kind of ticks that rom-com box where mm-hmm. it's, where it's going to be a commercial success. This is like, what's the difference between a Hallmark romance, TV romance versus something you throw at the theater, you know what I mean? Right. So, what I'm saying. Um, so I felt like um, the characters were caricatures instead of real people. And this is my number one gripe for the film. I loved it. I've seen it a couple times in this. Like I said, the setting is gorgeous and I just watch it for the setting. Right. Um, plus that hot French actor. But um, <laughs> um, anyway, to me, it was just, they were too one dimensional. Um, and in that it was almost like they were breaking the fourth wall, which ends up being like the argument that I bring back more than any other argument is, is to me is too much people looking into the camera, knowing what's happening. Right. Like, we know exactly what we're doing right here. We're nip, we're manipulating you. Right. Um, but you're going to like it because it's Julia Roberts and George Clooney and right. that's Bali or wherever it was. And, yeah, was- you know, and I don't like that. I don't like being manipulated first of all. And I don't like, people sitting there and telling me I'm being manipulated. (laughs) If if you're going to be manipulated, which let's be real, every movie is a manipulation. It's making you feel something that you Richard, you just suck the joy and magic out of my, but that's what every artistic, every, every song, every, every artistic performance is there to generate emotion that would not otherwise exist. Are you calling me a manipulator? Absolutely. I'm calling myself a manipulator. <laughs> but Charity, Rich just called me a manipulator. But I'm going to take some time to digest that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole existential thing. Maybe we'll do a whole bonus about that. But like, um, yeah, I get what you're saying, because you're saying we, we go to the movies, we go to, to these things to to feel something, but it's one thing to feel something that feels organic as opposed to feeling like someone's going, eh, yeah, you should be laughing. Right. right Elbow you there. You yeah. See yeah. Did? See this? We switch rooms. You see what's happening there. Right. Uh-uh. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I felt that a little too much with this film and considering the other, the other choices and either the weight or the iconography that they are, um, or the chemistry that's demonstrated between Julia and and somebody else, I felt like this was the weakest of the bunch. Right. But it was still delightful. Yeah, I I watched it and I enjoyed it. And the two of them do have fun chemistry. It felt almost at times like it was a sketch, like it was a comedy huh. sketch, because mm. it had all these gags and all these setups and I all can these see that. these yeah. little these little things. And so, um, yeah, it, it did feel artificial in a lot of ways. The two of them are great and they, they melded well with each other and they melded well with the rest of the cast. I like that their age was not ignored, but their age was not harped on. They didn't right. compare medications. They didn't talk about aches and pains. Sure. They were middle-aged people who were having an experience and 
they talked about age, but just enough that it felt real. And yeah, to give it some gravity. Right. And their relationships and gravity. But I liked at the end that it was like, oh, their story's not done. You know, they're still living their life. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, it definitely had some positives to it. Um, I do feel like her character was basically the same person from my best friend's wedding. Oh, interesting. Like, I felt like this was just a continuation of her story. Okay, so, yeah, so she tried to get her best friend, and then he went away with Cameron Diaz. Right, and And then then she she met George Clooney. And married George Clooney, and they had a kid. Right. And then 23 years later, she gets married, and oh, my gosh. And she kind of makes the same mistakes, but in a different way. (laughs) This this is very Luke Skywalker of you. This. (laughs) <laughs> like I, that last statement <laughs> and and it, it it was and it may be because i'd watched my best friend's wedding and then watched ticket to paradise but it felt very much like oh wow this is a continuation of what i've already seen <laughs> um so, so she does the rom-coms that's the right right the bare bones so, of it all she does rom-coms and she does rom-coms pretty dang well she does uh, rom-coms very well and and she does things where she tweaks the formula and she you know she's she's done a lot of different things with it and so yeah yeah she um, has masterful charm and that's oh, really gosh. marketable and appealing yeah. especially in a romantic comedy um but also provides some nice um levity in her more dramatic works and so again, she can be delightful in those as well. And it produces yeah. some nice chemistry. I.e. a Pelican brief. And she is lively. You know, mm-hmm. she's not lost any of her ability to exude joy or charm or any of those things. Sometimes when actors get more experience, they you get a feeling like they're phoning it in. Like they're just kind of going through the motions and you don't feel that with her. At least I don't, I feel like she's, she's game. And uh, maybe that's because she's choosy with her projects and she only does certain things because she wants to, to feel engaged in the process. I will say, I agree. She's not phoning in, but it is kind of canned. It just feels like the character herself is kind of one-dimensional and you know it's not julia roberts fault that's writing so um but like i was saying her her levity and and weight and gravity all that stuff provides some nice levity in in the uh, dramatic works as well and pelican brief is not my um on fleek choice but i'm gonna mention that real fast because i loved her in denzel in fact is that my favorite that might be my favorite foil for Julia Roberts in this bunch, aside from um, Sally Field in Still Magnolias. Their chemistry was fire. It was so good in Pelican Brief. I agree 100%. And the movie prior to them getting together kind of drags. Mm-hmm. But once the two of them meet and establish that relationship, the movie becomes so much more interesting and so much more vi- uh, vibrant and and watchable. It's it's yeah, right. um, yeah. And oh my gosh, Denzel too, and he deserves yeah. his 
his own conversation um talking about actors with with gravity and just such amazing talent agreed um you know yeah. and i i like his character in that because he plays a reporter in the truest strongest sense of the word he's not a guy with a heart on his sleeve when he first approaches her he's not super effusive or sympathetic or you know romantic in any way and yet they develop a relationship um and it was it felt very it feels real it feels real it, feel, it feels organic and it takes like, yeah two very skilled actors to to sell you on that right and walk that line because i mean if imagine putting yourself in that position being in her shoes and then you know having to trust somebody like that you would have to develop a real closeness with that, with that person um, that you have to trust in that way. So, I mean, there'd be real feelings and be, they'd be hard to define. And I love that they parted at the end, but then they were kind of flirting with each other from a distance. It's, it was just nice. I love that so much. Y'all watch, y'all go watch the Pelican brief, the Pelican, brief. man, I got all kinds of accents. <laughs> you are all over the place. Oh, yeah. Why don't yeah. you do some British or something? You know, let's let's get every. I should. I should uh, let's get everyone. I should there. rain it in. So, um, so, so I'll do another terrible accent. All right. So, on fleek, what are you naming? Uh, I am naming Steel Magnolias. Oh, so good! I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. How could you not name Steel Magnolias? But I love Aaron Brockovich. So I'm going to name Aaron Brockovich. Steel, uh, Aaron Brockovich is my number two. So, you know, we're All right. We flipped you both times. We're yeah, we're, we're our, it sounds like our middle is identical and our, maybe our, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Steel Magnolias is a movie that I feel like I have watched, but that I have never watched. I feel like it's been on the background mm -hmm. and I've walked in when it's been on for half an hour and like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I have never sat down and watched it from beginning to end in my memory. Right. And it was not an active avoidance of it. It just was like, you know, when you feel like you've seen something, but you haven't actually probably seen it. That was my experience. So I went in and I watched it and I was... <laughs> And I was emotionally gutted and mm -hmm. I cried like ugly tears Yes, by myself. I'm watching it alone. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really Can glad no one else is here. I'm really glad I'm alone because I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> Sally Field has that like, breakdown in the cemetery. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. And like, you know, my sensitivity with kids. Mm -hmm. And so like the whole stuff that goes down with her son, you know, the grandbaby and everything with that was just like, oh, killing me. But at the same time, I am laughing until I'm crying with the movie in other moments, almost back to back. And, you know, when she's losing it in the 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 graveyard to when, you know, she's being offered to punch Weezer in the face, <laughs> you know, and it's like this, Weezer. this beautiful, like ability to weave in and out of the comedy of a moment 
and the the drama of a moment and you know what great actors what great what a great great script you can see oh yes that it was a play Absolutely. like you can tell the bones of a play is in there because it has this fantastic dialogue in it it's so um, good and that it feels so authentic and so yes. stubborn and um, going back to Julia Roberts, I mean, besides, holy cow, Dolly Parton and Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Sally yeah. Field. I mean, these are these are heavy hitters all. Um, yeah. I have to say that Julia Roberts, I I mean, I knew she was good, but I don't think I recognized how good she is acting with her eyes mm. until I was critically watching this film again for this podcast and was watching her eyes it's her best eye work and she's very skilled at eye acting right. <laughs> so this kind of weird obscure term eye acting there you go ladies and gentlemen um but she's very skilled at it and she does her best work in in um steel magnolias she's a thousand percent vulnerable when she's vulnerable right. just in her eyes and this is like subtle eye movement and you totally see she switches. She's a strong, independent Southern woman. Um, but when she is around her fiance slash husband, her eyes soften. She becomes mm -hmm. this vulnerable woman who's in love. She's still strong. She's still funny. She's still right. very smart. And again, you're walking a fine line. That's tough to do to be like a whole complex person when yeah. you're acting and she she is and it's believable and you eat it up because it's delicious especially with um a side of Olympia Dukakis and Dolly Parton yeah. and Shirley MacLaine right. Daryl Hannah does some really great her. acting <laughs> just you know and and it's <laughs> it's fun I think she's probably one of the more interesting performances because you see her character go through like these these shifts over time where her performance starts one way and then she like becomes a Dolly Parton clone for a minute there. And then she like shifts back a little bit into the conservative religious direction. Like she gets to play these different layers to her character that, that were interesting to watch. And I, I'd never really, I, I have nothing against Daryl Hannah, but I hadn't had much. I'm except for high spirits. Well, yes, you had a and lot to Irish, say about that Irish accent. Yeah, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, um, but <laughs> you forget, Richard. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. You know, and her character is supposed to be interesting, and yes, she has a nice arc that's built in. But she took me out of the action a lot. I'm not going to lie, mm. um, because she's not as skilled an actress as the rest of them are, and she did a good job. It wasn't. You know, it didn't do it too much, but of everyone, she definitely did the most taking out the action. Everybody else is so good. Yeah. But anyway, so I, yeah, I like that one too. It is definitely my number two. And like I said, I went back and forth, but I ultimately said Aaron Brockovich. Um, from the, the first time I watched this film, I was absolutely mesmerized. It's one of those films that just takes you over and you just are on that journey too. Right. And the second all the puzzle pieces are laid out and it's coming to resolution, you are cheering, you're hooping, you're hollering um, because you've been on that emotional journey. And this particular thing is outlining this horrendous injustice 
from this, you know, big company taking advantage of these people and they've got all these medical issues and she's this heroine um, who comes in as a complex, real human person who makes mistakes um, and she's just real and she comes in as a heroine and helps all these people out. Um, she's a real underdog and that she she doesn't have the education or the experience that these other people do in her law firm. And she still manages to be the person that saves this whole case. And um, it's kind of like, what's that? Oh, the pursuit of happiness, that other, that film I love too, um, where somebody goes through something that's so difficult and uh, is able to triumph and, and, you know, over these odds and it's just so inspiring to to be in that space and so it's it's fun and like I said the fact that she's able to be like a fully fleshed out human again is such to her credit she's such a phenomenal actress um I loved that this was this is not completely 100% true to the real life story but it is a lot a real life story and I think that this is an awesome model for biography slash real life storytelling. Um, Cause a lot of times when Hollywood is telling a story like that, they break the fourth wall. They're like, right. we know how important this story is. We're right. looking at the camera the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that. I don't feel mm-hmm. that. I, I love Aaron Eckhart in this film too. Oh yes. my gosh. Does a great job. With that long hair uh motorcycle man and man what a beard so like, sweet it's so oh my gosh yeah, that beard that will not stop <laughs> it is pretty epic um yeah she has a great scene partner with albert finney mm-hmm. um i think that this is some of the best work he's ever done i agree and with that, you and that's saying something because he has a storied and celebrated career um but i really liked him in this I like their dynamic, the the back and forth that they had, um, you know, that they could be caustic at one minute and, you know, laughing at each other the next. And it was it felt real, um, you know, and I, and I think that that's the the film in the the shooting, the lighting, the wardrobe, the sets had a very natural feel to it. It did not it never felt like I was looking at a, a movie set. You know, it Which felt like to you, I know it is <laughs> because it, it's that artificiality, you know, that, that can take you out of an experience. Um, and sure. this did not have that. And I mean, Steve Soderbergh is a renowned director for a number of reasons, but I feel like this is one of his his better films. Um, really, really well done. I agree with you. It's it's so it's solid start to finish. I love it. And again, I love that she's such a complex character because it's a real life human right. and she pulls it off so well. There is a caveat for those of you who are sensitive to language. This is definitely an R rated film with uh, plenty of, as my parents would say, wordy dirds in it. Um, so if that Here. offends you, uh, but honest, but that's most really of the, time, the only reason. That yeah, I, that's the only reason. There's nothing else in there that's uh, objectionable, um, but um, you know, a lot of the time, the dialogue you you hear 
people using it and you're, you know, you kind of go, okay, yeah, I can see why you would use that word in that situation. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you go, okay, that was uncalled for. But with this movie, it's so darn good that even if that is something that you find objectionable, mm-hmm. I would say maybe just give it a shot. Right. Or, heck, if you can watch it on TV and they can clean it up for you. Um, it's, it's really powerful. It's really well done. And it's, it has a, a lot of really good and meaningful messages behind it of, you know, that you can turn your life around, that it's never too late to make a change that just because you don't have an education doesn't mean that you can't contribute. And, um, you know, all of these things, um, you know, and, uh, the price, you know, that comes with that too. I mean, it, it's not just like, uh, Oh, Aaron Brockovich, she's great. And she does everything perfect. It's real and it's raw and it's human. And I like it. Sure. And it's charming as heck, yes. even despite the struggles. I love it. Yes. I love it so much. I'd watch it right now. Maybe I will, but first we got to rate these guys, Rich out of, um, out of 10 curls, maybe what's something Julia Roberts. She's, oh, I uh, lips. It's, it's a smile, isn't it? I smile. mean, that's what gets you. Ten, ten Mona Lisa smiles. <laughs> oh, can we not? But on bump Ugh. out of ten smiles. Okay, that's good for Julia Roberts. Ten smiles. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. All right, eight. that's solid. That's solid for me. That's that's high for yeah, me. That's I, real high for you. I I think you know impressed. the first three are really good and worth watching. Oh, one last dig. I'm going to make a dig. Sam Shepard in Pelican Brief. Golly, what a drag. <laughs> like a wet blanket being thrown on everything. <laughs> and that's not a dig against him as an actor. I can't speak to him as an actor, but in that movie, I could not wait for that man to get off the screen. Well, there you go. Sorry, Sam. Wet blanket. Maybe we should have done 10 wet blankets. No. <laughs> okay. I just like that visual. Anyway, okay. I'm also going to give it an eight because I like the number eight and like Julia Roberts. You know, she we did. weren't too far off of each other on this. We I feel weren't. like we were, we just really were switch. Yeah. I was, I was Brockovich, Mag- Magnolia's Pelican Brief, my best friend's wedding, and then Ticket to Paradise. Yep. And I was Steel Magnolia's, Aaron Brockovich, Pelican Brief, Ticket to Paradise, best friend's wedding. Yay, harmony. Yay. Well, not really harmony. More like, well, no. It's like you were singing first soprano and I was singing <laughs> alto. <laughs> You're going to sing alto now, Rich? Right after you explain your whole uh, me being a manipulator. Yes. As a, as Let's a emotionally manipulate everyone musician. with this podcast. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Richard, you and I are going to have some words. We gotta let our podcast audience go though before I punch you in the face. Please, Tina.